every crisis is an opportunity for the goodness of God to invade the earth. Hello, XICF family. This is Brother Daryl. And if I haven't gotten to meet you yet, I am one of the elders at XICF. And we're doing this podcast because the Religious Affairs Bureau in Shaman has uh, told all the churches that we shouldn't be meeting right now because of the Wuhan coronavirus. So they've asked all the churches to stop meeting. And so we're doing this recording uh, in the hopes that you can listen to it in your small group or on your own, and you can still be built up in your faith even as we're not allowed to have our normal Sunday meeting. Because this is an amazing time. Really, we're living in a historic time. It's been a historic week on so many levels. It's been a historic week because what's going on with the Wuhan coronavirus, the quarantining of over 50 million people, medical experts are calling it absolutely unprecedented. The World Health Organization has declared the coronavirus a global health emergency And this is impacting all of our lives, obviously, as we're not even allowed to meet together on Sunday mornings. But not only that, we're seeing fear and anxiety spread throughout this country, throughout the communities that we live in. And so we've got this huge issue going on of this coronavirus. But also in our smaller world of the XICF Fellowship, our beloved Pastor Gabe left China this week to move back to Mexico. And we're very sad to see him go, but we also are excited because we believe that God is leading him into a new season of life and into a new season of ministry and that he is going to recover from his illness and that God is going to continue to use him. And then for me personally, on an even more micro level, uh, this week my father was hospitalized for septic shock. And it was an infection that overwhelmed his whole body with a 30 to 50% mortality rate. So on Sunday night, I left Shaman and flew to America to be with my family. And as I record this talk, my dad is still on a ventilator, but he is improving and I am full of hope for him. But in all of these situations, what the Lord is speaking to me, and I hope what the Lord will speak to you, is that in every crisis, there is an opportunity for the goodness of God to invade the earth, and that when the world panics, the church should demonstrate the peace that God gives us. And when the world freaks out, and when the world is anxious, we can rest in God, and we can use the wisdom that God gives us to provide solutions for the problems that the world is facing. And that is the good news of the kingdom of God coming to earth, that Jesus's reign is here And it can come into our lives, and he can be king over us, and he can rule over us, and he can direct us in this life. The good news is not only that you get to go to heaven when you die, but that the reign of Jesus is as close as the air on the back of your hand. That the reign of Jesus is at hand, and that we can enter into it. We can become part of his kingdom, and that is the good news. And so when we have these crisis moments, we need to think differently than the rest of the world thinks. When the world sees crisis and they go into panic mode, the church and Christians, we should be looking for the opportunity to express the goodness of God. And we should be praying and moving in step with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I want to talk to everyone about today. That's how I would like to encourage you. We're going to look first at Romans 15, 13. 
that says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And so you'll see there that the God of hope will fill us with all joy and peace in believing. So it's when we put our faith and our trust in God, that's when we experience his peace and his joy. That's when we have the peace that passes all understanding that the world cannot understand so that in any circumstance, we can enjoy the peace and the joy of God. Even though, yes, there are bad things happening, but we can be centered in Christ and we can have the hope of knowing that our God is with us, that our God has already won the victory, that Jesus has already overcome the world. Remember, Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So having becoming a Christian doesn't mean that everything just goes smoothly for us, but becoming a Christian means that the reign of Jesus is operating in our life. And so in this world, when we have troubles, we take heart because we know that Jesus has overcome the world. And so every crisis is an opportunity for the goodness of God to invade the earth. And we can see this all throughout the Bible. Moses crossing the Red Sea. Remember, Moses leads the people out of Egypt. He leads the Israelites out of Egypt, and they come to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army is bearing down on them, and they're crying out to God. And God, it's almost funny, but God says, why are you crying out to me? He's like, you've got the rod of God in your hand. Go ahead and part the sea. And it's like, wow, this thing that would have never occurred to Moses, would have never occurred to anyone in the whole community of the Israelites. God does this amazing miracle at this moment of crisis. And the people cross on dry land and Pharaoh's army is swallowed up in the sea. And it becomes a great victory that defines history for the Israelite people. So God takes a moment of crisis and turns it into a moment of his glory. And we see this everywhere in the scripture, Daniel in the lion's den, that Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den for not being willing to pray to the king. And God turns it out and it becomes a moment where God is glorified and Daniel's protected from the lions and the king ends up saying, hey, everyone should worship the God of Daniel. Same thing with David and Goliath, right? That you've got this, this crisis, that you've got this uh, huge opponent, this huge enemy facing the Israelite army, and they are scared, and they don't know what they're supposed to do. And here comes David. He's the anointed of the Lord. He's already been anointed to be king, and he knows that God has anointed him to be king, and he's not king yet, so he is invincible. And he goes, oh, I can fight that guy. And so this crisis moment for Israel turns into this glorious victory that because David was willing to take action and he was willing to put his faith in God and go and fight Goliath. And the place we see this most clearly is Jesus Christ on the cross. This moment of tremendous, what would look like a tremendous crisis, a tremendous failure, and yet it becomes the most hopeful moment in human history. That Jesus dies, but then he rises again. He proves he's the Son of God. He says, it is finished. All of our sin is taken care of. He paid the price, paid it in full, broke the power of the devil, and defeated sin, defeated death, and it becomes the most glorious moment in human history. 
And so when we come into crisis, when we see these things around us not going perhaps the way we would like them to go, we should begin asking God, how do you want to manifest your glory here? Now, you know, when we see a big global crisis, we can ask God about those things. When we face a personal crisis, like a loved one getting sick or financial difficulty or, or just things not going the way we want, we can begin to ask the Lord, God, how do you want to manifest your glory here? And glory can be kind of a churchy word that uh, we don't use much outside of church. But when Moses prayed and asked God, he said, God, show me your glory. God answered him and he said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. And so God's glory is his goodness, the brightness of his glory. The Bible says that in Jesus Christ, we see the radiance of God's glory. So the highest expression of God's goodness we see in Jesus who is willing to become a servant and willing to die for us. That shows us how good God is. And so when we come into crisis, we should begin asking God, how do you want to manifest your glory, your goodness here? There's a Bible teacher that I like a lot. His name is Graham Cook. And when he says when he comes into a challenging situation, his favorite question to ask God is to say, Father, what do you want to be for me in this situation that you could not be for me any time before? So God, how do you want me to experience you now in this moment that I couldn't ever experience you before? What do you want to be for me now that you couldn't ever be for me before as I'm facing this crisis or as I'm facing this challenge? Lord, how do you want me to experience your goodness in this moment? And that's what James chapter 1 is all about. Let's look together at James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why, why would that be a joy? It's a joy because the trial is an opportunity to experience the goodness of God. In every crisis we face, we can expect God's provision. Every time we come into difficulty, we can expect a new experience of God. We can give thanks for everything. Always give thanks for everything. Ephesians 5.20. Not because God is the author of every single thing that happens to us, because God is not the author of evil. God is not the author of sin. But we can be thankful for everything because everything is an opportunity to see God's goodness. Every situation is an opportunity to see that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. In God there is no darkness. There's no hidden motives. There's no uh, you know hidden agenda with God. God's motive is to love God's motive is to bless. God's motive is for the good of every single person, of all his creation. His mercy is over all that he has made. The Lord is kind in all of his works, it says in Psalm 147. So God's intention toward everything he created is good, is to bless. And so in every situation, we can give thanks because Each situation, even the hard ones, even the difficult ones, is an opportunity for us to experience the Father's provision for us through Jesus, brought to us, manifested by the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. 
And this is how Jesus Christ lived his life. Was Jesus stressed out about feeding the 5,000 or the 4,000? No. Was he worried about the storm on the Sea of Galilee? No. Because he knew as long as he was doing the will of his father, that there would be the provision of his father. A few months ago, I had the privilege of being with the uh, students in Jime, and they asked me to come and talk about the Christian life. And I summed up the Christian life for them in this sentence. The Christian life is about administrating God's resources to accomplish God's purposes for God's glory. And so maybe right now you're not doing the will of the Father. Maybe right now... You're, you're in a crisis, but it's one that came about because you made stupid decisions, because you uh, were living by your own desires. Maybe your crisis is one of your own making because of willful, sinful disobedience. But this, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. So today is the perfect day for you to repent and for you to change the way you're thinking and to say, God, I don't want to be first anymore. Father, I want to give my life to you. I want, I want to seek after your kingdom first. And I want your righteousness before anything else in my life. Because the, God is not Santa Claus in the sky, right? God is not here to fix our problems. I'm not saying that you can use God to accomplish what you want to accomplish. You know, sometimes people think of prayer that way, that prayer is an opportunity for our will to be done in heaven. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is the opportunity for God's will to be done on earth. And so I'm not talking about using God to get you out of your crisis. I'm talking about a life surrendered to God, where we say, God, I want to see your glory. I want you to get the glory. I want your kingdom to advance in my life. And so in that, with that attitude, our crises become moments of joy, moments of opportunity to see God demonstrate his goodness, both in our life and to the world around us. And so when Jesus would come into these situations where he needed to feed 5,000 people or 4,000 people, or there was a storm on the sea, Jesus called on the provision of his father because he was doing what the father was leading him to do. Jesus said, I can't do anything by myself. I can only do what I see the father doing. And that's the life that God invites us into. In Galatians chapter five, uh, Paul writes, if we live by the Spirit, then let us keep in step with the Spirit. What does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit is keeping the pace and setting the direction. If you're trying to keep in step with someone, you're going to walk where that person is walking. And when that person walks fast, you're going to walk fast. And when that person walks slow, you're going to walk slow. And so if we want to see the glory and the goodness of God manifested in the crisis situations around us, we have to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, wait. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, run, go fast. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, listen to me. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell us, stop and pray. Sometimes the Holy Spirit may direct us, hey, I want you to give a financial gift to this person or to this church or to this organization. Sometimes the Spirit will say, I want you to cook a meal for this person. I want you to serve this person. I want you to, to, to go and, and help this person in this way. The Holy Spirit may say something totally radical. You have to remember, Jesus spat in the dirt and rubbed it on a blind man's eyes. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit may direct you to do something that's completely beyond our religious patterns and our religious formulas. We can't go through a checklist when it comes to seeing the kingdom of God manifested around us because it is relational. 
God wants the relationship with us. He doesn't want us as slaves. He wants us as sons so that we're co-heirs with Christ. We're co-laborers with Christ. We're doing this thing together with God. We're being animated by the Spirit of God. It's not a religious checklist. Okay, I'm coming into a difficult time. These are the ways I'm going to respond. These are the ministries that are in place at my church, and so these are the resources I have. No, I lean into the Holy Spirit. I I do my best to keep in step with the Holy Spirit so that He's setting the pace, He's setting the direction, and I'm doing my best to follow the leading of the Spirit of God. Of course, I don't do it perfectly. Nobody does. Paul said that I am not yet perfect. But this is the way that we move towards seeing the goodness of God manifested in the crisis situations around us. And you know what? Even in our own fellowship right now, there's opportunity for this. In the Wuhan coronavirus, we have opportunities to serve and to be generous. You can uh, get in touch with um, Brother Ben or uh, Sister Sandy. They're already activating programs and, and doing things to help the people of Wuhan. They're already uh, making a plan. Uh, Sister Kimberly, you can get in touch with her. If you don't know how to get in touch with them, you can get in touch with Vera or get in touch with me. There are opportunities to become a blessing to the city of Wuhan, to become a blessing to China as people are panicking, as people are fearful. This is the moment for the church to rise up and say, fear not. We have the solution. God is our king. He will provide for us. He will give us wisdom. He will give us grace to face this crisis. The same thing with Pastor Gabe's departure. This is an opportunity. Yes, I know. Listen, living in an international expat community is hard. It's hard to say goodbye to someone we love as much as Pastor Gabe and, and, and Sister Victoria and Hysis and Paulo. It hurts. And I'm not pretending like it doesn't. I tell the youth all the time that there is uh, an author named Henry Nowen. And in one of his books, a book called Spiritual Direction, he talks about um, having people come into our lives and go out of our lives and how painful that can be. But what he writes is that we shouldn't despise the goodbye, but we should be grateful for the time that we got to spend with that person. And knowing that in Christ, these relationships are going to go on for eternity. So that's part of having hope. Part of having hope is to have a vision of the future that is aligned with God's truth. That when our future, our expectation of the future is informed by the word of God, the truth of God, we have hope. We don't despair. Remember Paul wrote to the uh, to the Corinthians talking about the people who had already uh, died, who had already passed away. He said, I don't want you to be like those who mourn with no hope. There's a resurrection. You're going to get a new body. You're going to be with the Lord forever. You're going to reign with Jesus Christ in his kingdom forever. As believers, we should abound in hope. We have so much hope. And so we have to let our our mind and our, our whole mindset be informed by the hope of God. And let me tell you, the news headlines will challenge the hope of God. If we let our thoughts be informed only by what we read in the headlines, we will just be depressed and we'll be and we will despair. But Paul says, I don't want you to mourn like those who don't have hope. Yet it's okay to mourn. It is okay to be sad. You know, most people know what the shortest verse in the Bible was or is that Jesus wept, John eleven thirty five. 
And when Paul was saying farewell to the elders in Ephesus, it says that they wept together when they were saying goodbye. It's okay to be sad. There's nothing wrong with that. But we don't mourn as people who, ha- who, who have no hope. We know that we have hope. We know that we're going to see Pastor Gabe again. We know that we're going to be reunited forever in the kingdom of God when it comes in its fullness. We're going to see him in heaven. If Jesus doesn't come back first, we're going to go to be with the Lord in heaven. And when, you know, whenever that, that time is, I certainly don't know, but we will all be together and we will have eternity together. And that is awesome. And so we have to be, in, in the face of these challenges, we have to be bold. We have to be ready to take action. When the Spirit says, hey, do this, do that. When the Spirit says, pray, we pray. When the Spirit says, go, we go. Remember David, when he went to fight Goliath, he had to take action. He didn't pray that, uh, you know, he didn't hide in the tent and, and say, God, please strike Goliath with a bolt of lightning. He was bold. He went and got the stones and got his sling and went out and fought Goliath. So we have to be ready. We have to be willing to put ourselves in a dangerous place when we know, okay, God has not put me in front of Goliath so that I can be destroyed. God has put me in front of Goliath so that I can be victorious and I can be advanced in the purposes of God for my life. God put Goliath in front of David so that he could advance in the purpose that God had for David. God puts us in front of a crisis so that we can advance in the purposes that God has for us. God's will is that we mature and we become full-grown sons, that we attain to the stature of the fullness of the measure of Christ. God wants to conform each of us to the measure of Jesus so that God has a whole family of people living on the earth doing the works that Jesus did, that we are the body of Christ. We represent Jesus to the world, that if the world wants to see what Jesus is like, that they're able to look at us and we're being led by the Holy Spirit. This is not something that we can do just with religious formulas and and a resolve to be really good people. We have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we are sad that uh, Pastor Gabe and his family have moved back to Mexico. But we are not mourning like those people who don't have hope. And we know that this crisis, so to speak, of our pastor leaving is an opportunity for God's goodness to invade the earth. It's an opportunity for us to step up as a church and say, okay, Father, how do you want us to experience you now in this new season, now that we don't have a senior pastor for the moment, how do you want to manifest your glory through this situation in XICF? And the elders of XICF and the deacons and the leadership, we are believing for God to raise up small groups. We are believing for the priesthood of the believer to be unleashed through our church, through our faith community. And we believe that the glory and the goodness of God is going to be manifested in a way that we can't even imagine, that God is going to do something awesome, that this moment of us uh, seeing our senior pastor uh, go back to Mexico and this moment of the coronavirus happening, that these are opportunities for our church to manifest how awesome God is to the world that we don't fall apart when the world falls apart, that we don't get anxious when the world gets anxious, that we don't despair when the world despairs, that the Spirit of God has deposited inside of us the most valuable, most powerful, most amazing treasure, and that is 
himself. That is the presence of God that we carry around on the inside of us that enables us, that empowers us to live out the life of Christ. And so my brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you in these moments of crisis, in these moments of panic, when the world is fearful, when the world is anxious, that as believers, we rise up and we declare the goodness of God. We see every crisis as an opportunity for the goodness of God to invade the earth. Pray with me now if you would. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for how kind you are. God, thank you for being so generous with us. God, when we were your enemies, you died for us. Father, there is no one like you. Lord, I pray with my brothers and sisters that as we face crisis, that we would lean into the Holy Spirit, that we would let the Holy Spirit lead us, that we would stay in step with the Holy Spirit and we would say, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this crisis? How do you want me to experience your goodness in this crisis? How do you want me to manifest your goodness, to show your goodness to the people around me in the moments of this crisis? Father, I pray that you would fill each of us with wisdom, fill each of us with the knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding that we might bear fruit in every good work, that we might grow in the knowledge of you, that we might rejoice knowing that we belong to you, Father, and that we might be strengthened with your power working in our lives. Father, we pray it for your glory. We want your resources to flow through us to accomplish your will. Not our will be done, Father, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father God, I pray for every brother and sister in XICF. I pray in these moments of crisis that they would rise up, that they would know this is God's season for me. For such a time as this, God has placed me here in this moment to do God's will for his glory. And I will not let this moment pass me by. I will rise up. I say, rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God, and accomplish the things that God has set before you to do for his glory. I love you all very much, and I look forward to seeing you very soon. God bless you, my family. Push up, push up, darkness, flee from the place.